Welcome back to Copy Trader. And this week, I'm going to be taking a closer look at the US dollar index. I think some, some moves are beginning to take place in that index. But before that, I will go into the price action of Bitcoin. I like to start with Bitcoin. So this is Bitcoin. And looking at this chart, I can still say confidently that this is an uptrend that is from the low on the 23rd of March. Was that 23rd? No, that's 13th of March. Up until August, there is this very obvious uptrend. And since then, Bitcoin has broken down below the cloud, the Ichimoku cloud. And price is still below the cloud. So I can conclude that Bitcoin is currently bearish. Okay, so it's a long-term uptrend, but a short-term downtrend. Now that has been the story for about two weeks now. And there's not really much to read into this chart. So what I'm going to do for Bitcoin is I'm going to look at a longer time frame. So I'm going to go to the weekly chart just to get a lot a, a better view of what is actually taking place in the price action of Bitcoin. And since this is a longer time frame, I will switch to the log chart. So this is what Bitcoin looks like when I do that. And this gives me a better perspective because what I can see here is now this is Bitcoin from Coinbase. If I want to get a better view, maybe I should uh, use Bitcoin from uh, what's that exchange called? Bitstamp. Hold on, BTCUSD. I'll look for the one from Bitstamp. Yeah, this one. Right. Yeah. So this one goes all the way back to 2012. Gives me a much complete uh, view of the price action. So looking at this on the weekly chart, I can see here it's an uptrend from 2012 till 2013, and then a downtrend, and then an uptrend from 2015 till 2018. And since then, price has been just trending within a range. Okay, this is downtrend, it bounces, goes back up, retests resistance, comes back down and goes back up. So since 2018, price has not closed above 13,000. Maybe it has, let me go to the daily chart, see what that looks like. Okay, so we had that, uh, candle back in what day is this back in june june 27th where price closed at twelve thousand. yeah so that's the highest bitcoin has been since 2018 so we're just in a range although Looking at this short-term trend, it looks like we're in an uptrend. 
I keep saying we, I don't know why I keep saying we. It looks like Bitcoin is in an uptrend. When you look very closely and you zoom in and you view this on the daily time frame, this looks like a very strong uptrend. But if you zoom out, you realize it's just a massive channel. And that channel is bounded by these two parallel lines. At the bottom, price was 3,100. At the top, 11,900. So that's what price has been doing. It's just moving in and out, in and out. So what do I see here? It's possible. It's possible that price, uh, I don't know how possible this is. It's possible that there's going to be another downtrend before we get the next uptrend. That's one way to, uh, that's one expectation to have. It's also possible that this could be where Bitcoin breaks out of this trend, out of this range rather. It's difficult to tell. But one thing that looks very certain now is that Bitcoin is correlated with the stock market. That, well, it's not good to guess. So let me use a correlation coefficient to check and see. So pull up my correlation coefficient. Not that one. Uh, no, I need the other one. I'm going to delete this, pull up this. Okay, check it with SPX 500. Yeah. So what's the correlation? Actually, correlation is very low, 0.06. So that's practically zero. But if you look at the price action and the way it has been trading when the stock market that is S&P 500 goes down, Bitcoin goes down along with it. When the S&P 500 goes up or gets a bounce, Bitcoin gets a bounce. So maybe it's just me thinking so. But from this correlation coefficient, they don't look correlated at all. Which is slightly surprising because I'm pretty sure I've been seeing correlated moves between Bitcoin and the S&P 500. Anyway, uh, doesn't matter. But this is not as significant as an uptrend as I thought it was when I look, when I zoom out and look at this from the big picture point of view. It's just a very massive range that price has been bouncing within, up and down and up and down. So I'll just wait and see what happens with Bitcoin. I'm not sure which direction it's going. Okay, next one is gold. Now gold has turned out to be consolidating within a descending triangle. So that's the sloping side of the triangle and that's the horizontal side. It looks like a very perfect formation of a triangle. And that triangle has broken out to the downside. 
price has also closed below the Ichimoku cloud. So this is bearish now. Although just like Bitcoin, you'll see that there is a long-term uptrend and this is the beginning of a short-term downtrend. Okay, so it depends on how low this price falls. So as a swing trader, what I'm looking at here are the levels where there's likely to be a bounce or a pause before continuation. And the first level I can see here is 1800. That's where we had this consolidation back in July. So 1800 is the first level. That support doesn't look very strong. So that will most likely break down. If that breaks down, then the next level is 1750. So that 1750 is just the top of a very broad or very wide support zone. And this is that support zone. 1750 down to 1680. That's where we had this consolidation. So first target, 1800. Once the price comes down here, then that will give me some confidence to, you know, see if I can start going long from there. But it all depends on what price action looks like when it gets there. If that level doesn't hold, next level, 1750 right here this one is much stronger than 1800 if that doesn't hold then it goes down to the bottom of that range that console uh, support zone 1680 i don't see it getting down to 1680 it's probably it's most likely Worst case scenario, 1750. But I'll start going long from 1800. Okay, next one is the S&P 500. For a number of weeks now, I've been saying this index was looking bearish but it was doing better than the other groups. It was doing better than the uh, mid caps. It was doing better than the small cap. It was doing better than NASDAQ. But now it has sold off down to this level, 32 or 3300. But that's still within the cloud. It's not below the cloud yet. So I wouldn't say this is full on bearish. So we're just sitting above this support zone this area here that's a very strong support that's where the index consolidated in june it's most likely we get a bounce but that depends on so many things i'll just watch and see i'll begin to get excited if the index is able to take out this high here if we are able to take out 3400 why because if you look at this this is a high this is a low this is a lower high this is a lower low 
So it's expected that if we're in a downtrend, we're going to have a series of lower highs and lower lows. So the next high should be a lower high and then lower low. But if the index is able to form a high that is higher than the previous high, then that invalidates the downtrend. So that's what, I'll, that's what I'm going to be watching next week and the coming weeks. And if I look at market breadth, under market breadth, I just want to look at percentage of stocks above the 200 day moving average. The New York Stock Exchange is looking terrible because there are just 46% of stocks above their moving average, above their 200 day moving average. NASDAQ is just as bad, 48% of stocks in the NASDAQ composite are above the 200 day moving average. Mid cap is doing even worse, 38%. Small cap is always terrible, 34%. But large caps, S&P 500, is doing much better. S&P 500 is currently at 56% of stocks above the 200 day moving average. That's not too bad. In an uptrend, you don't want to see, or in a bull market, you don't want to see that percentage falling below 50. And despite this, um, I think we had a 12%, no, 10, around 10% drawdown in the S&P 500. 56% of stocks are still above the alternative moving average. So that's good. So that gives, um, gives me some hope. Well, I don't like to say the word hope. It adds some some validity to this bounce, this bounce that is currently underway. Maybe it's going to continue, gather some momentum, and take out this high, take out 3400. We'll have to wait and see. If that doesn't happen, and that support breaks down, then the next level is 3000. That's the next level to watch. Okay, now I want to go and take a look at the US dollar. So what I want to do here is, I want to prepare some checklists in order to monitor this new trend that could be in the beginning stages. Now, it's not clear to me that this is a new trend or a reversal but let's assume a new trend is about to begin that is we're having a reversal okay let's assume the US dollar index has bottomed here on the 1st of September and it's about to begin a reversal okay? the trend is about to reverse how do I know when to get in and how do I know that this is a new trend beginning so I'm going to give myself, uh, I'm going to set some checklists that I'll have to look at. So first of all, there has to be a downtrend. So this is a downtrend. This was back in March, 20th of March, when the stock market was bottoming and beginning its reversal to the upside, the US dollar was topping and beginning its descent. So this is that downtrend all the way down here till the 1st of 
September. But something interesting is taking place here. So prior, the index got down here and then it consolidated into our channel. So that's the first thing I want to see. I want to see a basin formation, a bottoming process taking place. And this is that basin formation. It looks like a rounding bottom. Some people see a rounding bottom there. Some people might see a channel forming. I prefer to look at it, look at it as a channel. So that's my channel, bounded by those two yellow trend lines. So the, the top trend line is at 93 and the bottom trend line is at 92.1. So that's my channel. So I'm gonna tick that on my checklist, a bottoming formation. The next thing I want to see is, I want to see a breakout with confirmation. So I want to see price or the index breaking out of that pattern within which it has been consolidating during the bottoming process. So this is that breakout, the candle on the 22nd of September. The index closed above the trend line. So that's the breakout. But that's too early to jump in. So I need to see confirmation of that breakout. And confirmation comes in the form of the next day's candle closing above the close of the breakout candle. So that is this candle. So 23rd of September closed at 94.3 above 93.97 which is the breakout candle so that's the confirmation so that's number two on my checklist number three on my checklist i need to see a change in the bias okay when price or the index is below the ichimoku cloud then it has a bearish bias so the us dollar index has been bearish since 28th of may right here from this day, it's been bearish. But I need to see a change in that bias. And that change will occur when this index closes above the Ichimoku cloud, somewhere here. That's the change in bias I am looking for. Next, that hasn't happened. Now, different people will enter positions at different points in time. So for me, when I get my breakout on confirmation, that's the signal. So I have a small position here. When I get the change in bias, that's the next signal to enter the next position. And then when I get a confirmation of that change in bias, that will be a confirmation of the new trend. Then I enter my third and final position. Now the confirmation of that trend will appear in the form of I'll use my let me bring this up dollar euro I'll use my RSI trend following model for that dollar USD for a chart of the USD so this is the trend following model I'm going to be using 
So once this five-day moving average crosses above these two red double lines, that's the confirmation of the trend. So right now, price is beneath the double line. And that's obvious from here. You can see that this is the day somewhere around June that the five day moving average crossed below the double line. And you can see that corresponds to somewhere around there in the Ichimoku cloud. So price breaks below the Ichimoku cloud first. That's the change in bias. Then the five day simple moving average crosses below the double line. That's the confirmation of the new trend. And that confirmed this trend here. Now, the index is about to close above the cloud. That will be the change in the bias. It becomes bullish. And that will be followed by this simple moving average closing above this double line. So that's what I'm going to watch out for. So this point in the checklist is going to involve two things taking place. First, a change in the bias, then a confirmation of that change. Once that happens, or while that is taking place, the next thing on my checklist is I want to see confluence. I want to see some other signs that agree with what price action is doing. So the first confluence I'm looking for is divergence. Now, price was falling here. This is not really price, this is the index. So the index was falling here and it fell down to uh, 92. And then it forms a lower low and a lower low and another lower low. Okay, so that is a clear downtrend in price. I want to draw this line correctly. That's it. Downtrend in price or downtrend in the index. But the RSI was forming higher highs. So there is a divergence between RSI and the index. Now that divergence is not confirmed until this index goes up, retests that resistance line pulls back and breaks out so this is the confirmation of the divergence divergence itself is just confluence with price action so i got my first confluence here with divergence the second confluence i'm looking for is some sort of correlation with another asset the us dollar and gold are usually correlated now correlations break down from time to time so what is the current correlation of the US dollar with gold? So I'm going to look at that using my correlation coefficient. And at the moment, the correlation is 91%. So they're very well correlated. Now, if you look back, at somewhere here maybe in at the start of september end of august correlation was terrible it was as low as zero back in june in fact it was they were positively correlated which is, which is quite unusual 
gold and the US dollar should be negatively correlated. So correlations break down from time to time. So right now, correlation is very strong between gold and the US dollar. So I want to see how gold is performing compared, not performing. I want to see what the price action of gold is compared to the US dollar. So if the US dollar is breaking out of its consolidation, that is this channel, so it's breaking out and it's about to close above the cloud, it's about to change its bias, I want to see gold doing the opposite. So taking a look at gold here, gold has been consolidating within this descending triangle. So gold is breaking down just downside, breaking out of its consolidation in the opposite direction. And gold is actually ahead of the US dollar. It has closed below the cloud. So there is a change in bias in gold. So I have my correlation there. Next thing I want to see for confluence is sentiment. I want to check the sentiment of non-commercial traders to smart money and i want to see some sort of agreement with price action so to check sentiment i'm going to use the commitment of traders so i want to see what the positioning of smart money looks like now this is a chart showing this is from ole hansen saxo bank the US dollar index is an index of seven, I think seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yes, seven major currencies. And out of those seven, the euro makes up 50% of the index. So whichever direction the euro goes, the dollar goes in the opposite direction. That's what it means. Now, this current downtrend in the dollar is mostly due to the euro and if you look here you see the euro is shaded in light blue so the euro has been in an uptrend that's why the dollar has been in a downtrend or the dollar index so the other currencies the jpy british pound swiss franc aussie and kiwi dollar just make up a small percentage of this overall move so it's mostly due to the euro that's what this chart is showing me this shaded portion here now what is the positioning of the euro what is the positioning of smart money in the euro that's what i want to see and when i look at the commitment of traders report i see that the banks or the dealers and intermediaries are extremely short 94% short that's extreme so once positioning is extreme it means very soon there's going to be a turnaround so as a retail trader I need to do the opposite of what the dealers are doing and I need to do exactly what the asset managers are doing now this is the euro so if the dealers are short the euro they're about to go long the euro. Asset managers should do the opposite. 
So asset managers, money managers are about to go short the euro because they are also extreme long. They are at 1% long the euro right now. So they will soon be going short. So if they shut the euro, the dollar should go up. So that's the confluence that I'm looking for. And if I use this graph, it shows the net positioning. I want to know how extreme the current positioning is compared to previous years. So this is the most extreme dealers have been in the euro since, well, this chart only goes as far back as 2011 or 2010. This is the most extreme as shown here. The most extreme they have been. Previously, the most extreme was in 2018, January. So they are extremely long, extremely short rather. And asset managers, are extremely long so they have to go short the euro very soon and it looks like they have begun you can see that trend is beginning to turn around in both asset managers positioning and the dealers positioning so that's confidence I got my confidence that gives me more confidence in this new trend that seems to be forming in the US dollar. Now once I get my breakout with confirmation, change in bias with confirmation, I've got my confluence in through divergence, correlation and sentiment, the final thing on my checklist is I want to see an uptrend. So that will come later. And the uptrend is basically, according to Dow theory, it's a series of higher highs and higher lows. Now starting from the bottom here, the index made a high, which was higher than the previous high. So we have this high here, and then from a higher low, this low is higher, is higher than this low. So next, I want to see a higher high. It has to be higher than this previous high. Okay, that's already been formed. I don't know where this is going to stop. I might keep going. But at a certain point, it will have to you know, pull back and form a low. So that low has to be higher than the previous low. It's very likely to come and retest this support. And then another high, another low, another high, another low, forming higher highs and higher lows. So that's the uptrend. That's the next thing I want to see. So the checklist is breakout with confirmation, change in bias with confirmation, confluence, through divergence, correlation, and sentiment, and then an uptrend. And the problem that will arise when I have that uptrend is, how do I know where there is likely to be pullbacks? Now, looking at this chart of the US dollar, there are no clear support and resistance levels. So in a situation like that, I will use the Fibonacci retracement tool. So I'm going to pull up the Fibonacci retracement tool to find the important levels. I have gotten rid of my channel. And this is my Fibonacci retracement tool. So this is my prior high. Starting from here, I'm going to draw it down to this low here. 
can make that visible. Okay, so these are my levels. So price or the index. Index is already at the 23% Fibonacci level. So this index is retracing back to the previous high, back to 100%. Price is at 23% of this entire downtrend. There could be some resistance here. So maybe this is where the formation of the higher low will begin. Maybe we'll get to see something like this. Pull back down and then back up and then back down and up. The next level is the 38% Fibonacci level, which coincides with this um, this low back in June, 10th of June. That was somewhere at 96. And after 38, 50, which also somehow just manages to coincide with, the, with this re, uh, resistance or support level here. I'll call that resistance. And then the next one is 61%, which also coincides with this support here. It's very, it's very strange how the Fibonacci retracement indicator tends to look very reasonable most of the time. So these are the levels I'll be watching. So I'm expecting a pullback here next week, very likely. If it pulls back, then I'll enter my next position. If it doesn't, then I expect it to close above this cloud and maybe continue and then pull back here. It pulls back here, then it should break above that level and meet resistance at 50% and so on and so forth. So that is my checklist for a trend reversal or the start of a new uptrend. Now moving on to stock picks. I'm going to pick stocks for this week. Now considering the fact that this market is in a downtrend or a correction and it looks like the index has arrived at a support and it's about to bounce or continue the uptrend. There, there have to be some stocks that are doing well compared to other stocks. So what I want to do this week is I want to find stocks that have not had their RSI fall below 40 for the past three months. Uh, three months is 90 days, four months. So in an uptrend, RSI should not fall below 40. In a downtrend, RSI should not rise above 60. So I want to find stocks whose RSIs have not fallen below 40 in four months. And I want to find those stocks in the large caps because large caps are doing much better than, um, doing far better than mid caps and small caps. So I'm going to go to my stock charts scan and create a new scan and 
So the type is stock and the group is, I'm going to type that and group, oh, group is SP500. SP500 and I want the, I want to find not just stocks that have not closed below, uh, not just stocks whose RSI 14 has not closed below 40, but I want to find stocks that have high volume. I want the average daily volume traded over the past 60 days to be something around 10 million. Yeah, I'm looking for stocks that are popular. 10 million, one, two, three, four, five, six. So this is 10 million. Yes, I'm looking for stocks that others want to buy. Stocks that trade on average a daily volume of 10 million. And these stocks will have a minimum RSI over the past 120 days of 40. Yes, RSI over the past, RSI 14. Terrible at coding. Greater than 40. Is that correct? No, something is wrong. And minimum over the past 120 days. All right, I'm missing a bracket. Yeah, that's correct. So I'm gonna rank them using the scooter. So that's my code. One, two, three, four, five. Five lines of code. I'm looking for a stock that is in large caps that has a daily trading volume on average of 10 million, 10 million shares. And over the past 120 days, it's RSI 14 has not closed below 40. That is, it has maintained its uptrend. And I'm gonna rank that by square. So check my syntax. It's all good. Scan. Four stocks. Only four stocks. FCX, Freeport McMoran. Okay, that's copper. I know that's stock. NVIDIA. Okay, NVIDIA is quite popular. Comcast. Hmm. Comcast. And HP. Right, I'm going to dump this scan into my chat list. So Freeport McMoran. Let me see this on an RRG. What does that look like? I know Freeport McMoran. It's a copper mining company. So its performance is tied to the price of copper. And well, it's doing very well. It has a very high relative strength relative to the S&P 500. Momentum has been falling for four weeks or three weeks straight. Yeah, four weeks. Hmm. 
Nvidia has Nvidia has lost momentum. It has fallen into the weakening quadrant, but it looks like it's about to recover. HP is lagging or oh, improving. Yeah, improving. I'm not interested in HP. Comcast has crossed from the improving quadrant into the leading quadrant. So I'm not even going to look at HP. Let me see what these ones look like. So that's Comcast, Nvidia. Comcast keeps rotating around the lagging and lead and improving. Let me view that once again. Nvidia looks nice. It's constantly in this corner. Yeah, but Nvidia is a tech stock. And tech has suffered a lot in this correction. So I've got a tech stock, a material stock, and a communication services. Alright, let's check the price action. NVDA. What does that look like? Yeah, of course. What do you expect? Nvidia will always look nice. So it's consolidating and it looks like it's bouncing along with the S&P 500. Okay, not too bad. FCX. FCX. Wow, that's crazy. This is a good stock, but its future is tied to copper. I don't want to have to monitor copper to monitor another stock. How about Comcast? CMCSA. Comcast. Okay, this is the first time I'm looking at a chart of Com of Comcast, and it's not looking bad. Wow, that's good. This is the log chart. This is the linear. Hmm. Doesn't look bad. Comcast is about to. Well, that's a new all-time high, right? No, it's not. Comcast is close to forming a new all-time high. I like that. But I don't want to pick a tech stock. And this stock has not had its RSI fall below 40 for over 120 days. I like Comcast. Let's check relative strength. CMCSA. Okay, what does that look like? So the industry is, I would say, flat against the SP. Well, no, this is just the industry. All right. Comcast is outperforming its industry. The industry is outperforming the SP 500. Comcast is outperforming the SP 500. That's pretty good. I'll I'll pick Comcast. So Comcast makes it into my stock pick for this week. This is my virtual portfolio, fake money, and the virtual portfolio is not it's not doing as well as I wanted to do, but it's not doing too bad. Admiral Group has not done very well. It's down five percent. All the others. Mm, they're not doing poorly they're just not doing well 
Sunrun is doing fantastic. It's up 19% since I picked it. So I'm gonna add CMCSA this week. $500. Next is NVIDIA, NVDA. Now I've checked that already. So NVDA, what does that look like? Industry is down. NVIDIA is flat against the industry. The industry is outperforming the S&P. NVIDIA is flat against the S&P. That's not too good. What about FCX? Industry is down. FCX. Hmm. Flat against the industry. The industry is underperforming the S&P. FCX is underperforming the S&P. Is that true? I'm not so sure about that. FCX looks nice. Check that again. Oh, okay, that's because of this uh, brief period between 18th of September till today. Okay. Out of the three stocks from my scan, Comcast, can you believe it, was the best performing stock. So Comcast is my stock pick for this week. So that's all for this week. See you next week.